Hello and welcome to this all-new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. I am producer and technical director Jack Rossiter-Munley. Before we get into the episode, a quick note that Poetry Spoken Here is produced by Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated, a digital media company making podcasts about poetry, literature, and cultural history. You can find out more about Cardboard Box Productions and all of the shows it produces at CardboardBoxProductionsInc.com. You can also subscribe to the Cardboard Box Productions newsletter, Unboxed, which has updates about all the Cardboard Box podcasts, recommendations for reading, watching, and listening from different members of the Cardboard Box team, and behind-the-scenes updates on some of the series that we have in development. Today, on Poetry Spoken Here, we are featuring another reading from the Unamuno Author Festival. At the end of May in 2019, I traveled to Madrid, Spain to record the readings at the Unamuno Author Festival. One evening of readings was held to celebrate the first awarding of the Federico Garcia Lorca Poetry Prize for an emerging Latinx poet. The winner of that prize, whose poetry you will hear in just a moment, was Stephen Sanchez. You can find his poetry in the Missouri Review, American Poetry Review, and North American Review, among many others. His book, Phantom Tongue, won the Rochelle Ratner Memorial Award. And if you want to learn more about him, hear other readings he's given, and read some of his fascinating interviews that he's done, head over to his website, stephensanchezpoetry.com. The reading you are about to hear was recorded at La Residencia de Estudiantes, where Federico Garcia Lorca, Salvador Dali, and many other cultural luminaries once stayed. I wrote a thank you list here and a couple notes I wanted to say. I'm going to read from that because I feel like if I go off the page, I might tear up a little bit and then I won't get very far. Um, so I can only imagine the amount of labor and love and time and effort it took to organize this. And thank you, Spencer, Liz, Laura, um, Ruben, who wasn't able to make it, uh, Gabrielle Calvacresi, uh, Annie, uh, Dana, Diego, Terry. Uh, Elizabeth Scanlon, the Latinx Writers Caucus, and the rest of the volunteers of the Unamuno um, Festival uh, for making this space happen. Like, I've never been in an environment where uh, everyone is so engaged with everyone's readings and so actively listening and just talking to each other and sharing this communal space. And it's really special uh, what's been created here. And I would just want to share the story of uh, when I uh, talked to my mom actually about this prize because this prize means a lot to me and my family. Uh, I grew up in the United States, uh, but my family has never actually left the country before. We were always worried that my father might not be allowed back in. Uh, I'm the first person in my family who went to college, and I actually was supposed to be an engineer. (laughs) Um, But it didn't have enough reading and writing for me, so I turned to philosophy and poetry. Um, When I told my family that, they weren't exactly excited, but they're like, okay, like, you can do that. Um, They asked what I was going to do, though, with poetry and how it could help me. Um, We lived in really different worlds. My parents had me in their early 20s and focused on getting multiple jobs to make sure they could provide, like, 
everything that I needed and they sacrificed so much for me to have the privilege, maybe even the audacity to say something like, I want to go to college to learn, not to focus on money. Um, and like that's something that they would never, they would never be able to say because of everything they gave up for me. Um, and like whenever like a, a poem would get published or something would happen like my poem life, like I'd share it with my parents. I'm like, oh cool, congratulations. But we were in very different worlds about that. Um, and then after I got the phone call from Ruben about the prize, uh, uh, the first thing I did was I called my mom. I was like, mom, oh my gosh, guess what? I just won this amazing prize. And I was like, I'm going to be able to go to Spain. I'm going to be able to go to Italy. Um, I'm going to be able to spend time writing in Europe. And I'm going to like see places that like we've never seen before. And uh, her reaction was she started crying. And I cried too. Um, and I, I think now we're on the same page of like what poetry like the important role that it plays in my life and how integral it is to who I am as a person. Um, so thank you so much to everyone for making this possible. Um, so the first poem I want to read actually um, was translated uh, by Jorge, thank you. Um, and uh, it also was published, um, Spencer was telling me, uh, it was on the back cover of American Poetry Review and it was translated in Spanish and that's the first time in the magazine's history that that's ever happened, which is a huge deal. Um, and I was really excited. Also, I've never actually read this poem out loud before, or I mean, to an audience. Um, so this will be the first time I read it out loud. And um, afterwards, uh, Francisco agreed to uh, read the Spanish translation for me. Cognate. His condom rips. No and stop, molt in my throat. My Adam's apple, a wing, beating, clipped. Fog billows inside my body like the San Joaquin Valley. It disseminates through orchards, seeps through limbs, crystallizes boughs into chandeliers bearing frostbitten fruits. It turns me apparition like Gabriel to Mary. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. God's anointed secretion, phantom assailant, his sacred alibi of bruises around my neck. Who will believe me? He spits my name from Hebrew, from Latin, wreath, laurel, crown of thorns upon the bastard's head. Cognado. Su condón se rompe. No y stop mudan en mi garganta. Mi manzana de Adán, un ala batiendo, cortada. La niebla se abulta dentro de mi cuerpo como el valle de San Joaquín. Se disemina por los huertos, se filtra por las extremidades, cristaliza ramas en candelabros, sosteniendo la fruta congelada. Me vuelve aparición como Gabriel a María. El Espíritu Santo vendrá sobre ti. La secreción consagrada de Dios 
fantasma agresor, su sacra coartada de moretones alrededor de mi cuello. ¿Quién me creerá? Él escupe mi nombre del hebreo, del latín, corona, laurel, guirnalda de espinas sobre la cabeza del bastardo. Thank you, Francisco. Well, I'll, I'll share a funny story to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, so this next poem I wrote, I wrote for my brother. Uh, so I was sharing with some folks earlier uh, that I have a gay younger brother. And what's funny about it is when I, my mom was expecting me, my dad told my mom, I really want a daughter and got a gay son. And then he's like, well, try for a daughter again. And then they got a second gay son. And then they stopped having kids after that. Um, so I wrote this uh, next poem I'm going to read for my brother. What I didn't tell you. You can ask me anything, even about my first kiss, which was at your age and tasted like stale beer. I used to feel guilty swallowing the pulse of another man, but now I know there are many ways to pray. There's a name for that most intimate prayer, la petite mort, the little death. If, when your lover rakes your back, you recall the flock of worshipers surrounding you like raptors when they learned you're gay, clawing at your shoulders, squawking for salvation, remind yourself you have to die before you can be resurrected. Never forget what the Bible says. When two people worship together, they create a church no matter where they are, which must include the back seat of a car or the darkest corner of Woodward Park. These are some of the things I wanted to tell you that night in April. You called me for help with your history report on the gay rights movement. Neither of us admitted what he knew about the other. Instead, I started with the ancient Greeks, told you it was normal for them, that for one brief moment, they were allowed to shape their own history and religion, organizing the stars, forming Orion, for example, flexing in the sky, arms open in victory, belt hanging below his waist. But he was punished for his confidence, a scorpion's hooked tail piercing his body like a poison moon. When I see Orion, I think of you and remember what it felt like for my knuckles to sink into your stomach, for my fist to collide with your face. Your voice, your walk, your gestures reminded me of myself, your figure bright and fluid, creating a reflection I wanted to break. And now I see your body spill open, Big Dipper hooked to your ribs, North Star nestled in the middle. I reach for that ladle and drink. So this next poem I'm going to write, um, I don't know if everyone's familiar with what happened um, at Pulse Nightclub in Orlando in 2016, um, but um, a shooter walked into a gay nightclub on Latino night and uh, murdered uh, 36 people, I believe. And I tried responding to it, and I kept trying to enter the poem in completely different ways, and I couldn't. Like, it was hard. And then I remembered uh, 
Gary Jackson, a really awesome poet, y'all should check out his book, um, Missing You Metropolis, um, came, in, uh, came to my school a few years ago actually and said something really that stuck with me. Uh, he wrote a collection of poems from the perspective of superheroes and supervillains, and someone asked him, what was it like writing from the perspective of villains, and why did you do it? And his response was, a lot of times poets resist writing from the perspective of villains because we don't want to see ourselves reflected at us. And I kept that in mind when I was trying to enter this poem and decided to write this from the perspective of the shooter. The Gunman. Imagine the four chambers of my heart, each loaded with a bullet. Each beats another revolution in my chest, my throat a barrel, my curled tongue a trigger. I believe in spirits, in every fag and queer I've heard and allowed to pass through my body and into the next. I believe in possession, believe each metal slug entering our bodies tonight is a history we can't escape, forged in factories across this country by men who feel threatened by love. And when I stare into my reflection one last time tonight, I know each pupil will become an exit wound. I've spent my life learning to lie to myself, but tonight the truth will enter my body, will hurt, will kill, will leave an echo. Um, so this, has anyone seen a Joshua tree before? Yeah, they're, if you haven't seen a Joshua tree, they're like these funny looking little trees. They got like really wild branches that go in a bunch of different directions. Um, they're in Southern California a lot. And um, so yeah, this poem is just kind of responding to Joshua trees, but also um, as Spencer had mentioned earlier, uh, growing up, like I wasn't taught Spanish because my parents kind of wanted to protect me from the racist experiences that they had, um, which kind of created its own set of complications. Joshua Tree. Even with its trunk arched back and boughs splayed out like fingers extended from an open palm, I'd never mistake this position for praise, though its name is biblical like my own. Stephen, the first man to die in God's name, chosen by my mother who didn't want my name to sound Mexican. Spanish is dirty, she says. Dirty as a soil that insulates roots. Dirty as my left hand after writing in pencil. And now, when I speak to anybody in Spanish, I'm an imposter. My thick accent breaks the legs beneath each letter and leaves my words disfigured like that first martyr after he was stoned and whipped, his face tilted toward the sky, warm blood escaping his mouth, open and silent. An apology to my body. Afraid of growing darker like my mother warned, I slid her razor down my arm to remove the sun-beaten layer of skin, each pigment in my flesh trapping sunlight like chloroplasts in the leaves of grapevines and strawberries. In the fields, she plucked fruit like feathers from the back of her rooster, its head tucked between red and blue wings, the color of her hands bruised and swollen. I wanted to break that bird's neck, sever its skull from its spine, 
pull each vertebra from the flesh and feel each rib snag on muscle tissue like deep-rooted weeds. I would hold the deflated breast in my palm and wash its soft skin, pale as my scars, the color I wanted to be. You told me the reason I can't touch your hair, and once I forgot it. Our limbs and appendages rooted inside each other, holding and tasting the soft soil of our bodies until I reached your hair and my hands became your father's. Birds flocked from your spine, their wings arched ribs. Red-tipped feathers fell on the sheets from the ghost pecking inside your skull, breaking the yoke of memory with an egg tooth on the tip of his beak. Your father's nose at the base of your neck, his talons gripping your hair like an abandoned nest. Sometimes you hold my hands, place them upon your head, and I know this means I love you. And some nights you tremble in your sleep, caught between two seasons, and I glide over your body to whisper in your ear like a wind rattling dead leaves from branches. In case of fire, don't panic. Shatter the glass between you and the extinguisher with your elbow or foot. Never your hands, or they'll bleed like your father's after he punched a window in place of your mother. Pull the pin like a braid of hair. Squeeze the handle like a small boy's wrist. Break through the fire if it spreads too far. Go, find yourself. 10 years old, hiding beneath the sheets. Get him out, knowing all you can do is clear a path to the nearest exit you might not reach. On your hands and knees, lead him. Crawl with your face lowered to the ground below the hem of smoke, as if you're bowed in reverence to this rage. Fire that never ends, its embers surrounded by memories you've pushed like boulders surrounding a fire pit the barrier you need between you and your father, you and your temper, ready to lash out in the smallest crack or lapse of thought. In case of fire, remember your father's dozen faces splintered in glass. Remember how sharp his eyes can be, how easy your bare foot can crush his face into dust, how even then you'll carry shards of him inside your skin. And this last poem I'm going to read um, was inspired by a poem by Joseph Legaspi uh, in his book Imago. I believe the title of the poem was Imagined Letter from My Mother, from My Father to My Mother. Um, and so I really like the idea of like imagining like communication to a parent, um, but I altered it a little bit and imagined my, um, my dad's dad talking to him. Um, and other poems in this book, it talks about how both my dad's parents died when he was young. Um, so this is imagined letter to my father from his father. Abandoned by your mother, you wander. I'll follow you, a ghost inside your own reflection. I'll save the suns that settle inside my bodies, water, glass, and every surface that holds warmth. Lap each river with your clumsy tongue. You won't forget you came from Mexico, 
even when my face sets inside your memories, like the words of my language you almost learned. Everything hidden behind your pupils, nights you'll carry the rest of your life. Ignacio, the roots of your name come from uncertain and ignite. It means whenever you say it, your voice will illuminate the night. You won't know how or when you cross the border, but just howl your name, others will find you. And still, others will spend your life calling you coyote, predator, chasing you from chicken coops with a shotgun. And sometimes they will leave you with an exit wound. And when they do, remember your tongue heals you, fights infection, speeds the clot, the salt of your ancestors rushing, becoming scabs on your skin. Thank you all so much. Hey, this is Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Poetry Spoken Here. Though you didn't hear him today, Poetry Spoken Here is hosted by Charlie Rossiter, and it is produced by me, Jack Rossiter Munley. Today's episode was edited by Cardboard Box Productions, Inc. associate producer Astrid Landon. You can find out more about Poetry Spoken Here at PoetrySpokenHere.com, and you can find out more about Cardboard Box Productions, Inc. at CardboardBoxProductionsInc.com. Be sure to like Poetry Spoken Here on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Poetry Spoken Here. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Posey Spoken Here. And if you want to get in touch, you can always send an email to PoetrySpokenHere at gmail.com. To submit to our ongoing Open Mic of the Air series, send a recording five minutes or less of yourself reading one of your poems to openmicoftheair at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you.